The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to talk about product placement. Joining us is Aaron Schmidt, who is the Chief of Product Placement at Ben Labs, which is an entertainment AI company that enables brands and creators to capture human attention by tapping into integrated advertising across social media, streaming, TV, music, film content, with a guaranteed ROI. Ben Labs consists of the world's largest creator and influencer marketing business, largest product placement and promotions, their licensing company. It's a huge business. They're wonderful at product placement. We're thrilled to have them. And in addition to providing us with our guest, Ben Labs is also a sponsor of the MarTech podcast. Yesterday, Aaron and I talked about technology-driven product placement, and today we're going to talk about measuring product placement in television. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Aaron Schmidt, the Chief of Product Placement at Ben Labs. Aaron, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. Always a pleasure to have you here. Always excited to talk to one of our sponsors and continue our conversation from yesterday where we talked about technology-driven product placement, which to me is really fascinating because we think of product placement, it's taking most of the time a physical good, but sometimes a digital good and getting it into film, television, influencers, hands. That doesn't seem like something that is really technology-centric, but there's a lot of artificial intelligence that goes into matching your product with the right piece of content, finding the right audience. Talk to me a little bit about measurement. I'm going to run a campaign. I've got a CPG good. I want to share it with the world. How do I think about not only finding the right audience, but also understanding if that audience is affected by my product placement? It's been interesting because I've worked in product placement for almost 20 years. And over the last couple of years, measurement has finally started to shift. And we've been really grateful to several partners who have helped us do this. So starting with brand KPIs, let's look at awareness, top of the funnel metrics. What can we do there? And what we've focused on and what any brand can do if they're playing in this space is doing brand lift studies understanding how you're changing your brand's perception with your audiences. So are you creating desirability for purchase? Are you shifting opinion in a positive direction? Are you shifting opinion amongst competitors' set? So we're measuring for all of those things. 
We also can measure with brand lift studies, even diving into how you are product placing, if you will. So if you have a verbal mention or if you have a physical product, how are those things performing based on the talent that you're associated with and the content you're associated with? So you can really then guide yourself even further. We're always using technology at the forefront to make sure that we're putting brands in the right content, but even then doing an analysis and optimization on the back end through brand lift studies. Okay, so brand lift studies, leading indicators, right? These are the ways that are people are understanding whether the mention or visualization of your product or services are sticking in people's head. Do they have some sort of affinity? But as you start to get down market, what are the ways that you're able to figure out if this is influencing your consumers to make purchases? And what are some of the ways that you're actually measuring the ROI or the direct response results from product placements? This has been the fun part of measurement because product placement has lived in this, like, I want to say la-la land. Feels like it's good. Feels like it's great for the brand. But how do I know if this works? Yeah, like, I know that this character that people love touching this product is probably a good thing, but it just has never been measured before. So this is the journey that we have been on from my perspective, really helping establish what I've been doing my whole career that I believe in so much. And how do I make brands believe in this? So we do attribution studies currently via linear only, but really looking at an exposed audience of that integration and understanding either from first party data or third party data, either sales attribution or website visits. So this is a huge game changer. Let me chime in here for a second. You said per linear only, just in case people aren't familiar with the term linear is traditional television as opposed to OTT being your streaming television, right? Correct. Okay. So you're going through the regular old boob tube, the television, and you're able to figure out how, if people are buying things, walk me through that. So we've partnered with a company called 605 that is able to look at audiences that either are exposed to an integration or not exposed to an integration, and then tie those audiences to actual purchase of product within store through Catalina data or website visits through first-party data, pixel-embedded technology that we're doing with 605. And that is then helping us understand that of this exposed audience, we actually drove 35% more sales or website traffic or whatever that might be than an unexposed audience. So we're starting to get down to that time where we can actually understand that if your audience is exposed to this integration, we are having an uptick in sales or traffic or anything like that. Okay, this is crazy to me because you're taking linear TV and figuring out if people are exposed to a piece of content as opposed to taking OTT, which there is inherently more tracking and more technology built into it, right? If it's a streaming medium, I understand what's being served and then I can tie it back to a household ID and do all sorts of digital techie stuff. Why are you using linear to figure out if people are exposed and how do you actually know if somebody watched cable into the wall, plugged to the back of the television. Like, how can you tell it's me watching? So 605 is tracking that data of who is watching the shows based on their audience exposure and testing that they're doing. Why aren't we doing it with streaming? Because streamers are just starting to enter the world of sharing data by having television spots and the ability to advertise on their channels. 
they didn't have to share any data. So as a third party over here, we don't have access to that data. So we've actually had to invest heavily on the data piece to ensure that we understand even how shows are performing because Netflix still has not disclosed how their series are performing other than ad hoc Stranger Things delivered 300 billion impressions. Other than telling everybody that everyone saw Stranger Things. Exactly. And they just haven't had to, rightfully so, because they weren't beholden to brands and brand dollars. So really the technology that's available is limited. The access that's available is limited, but you have digital content, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, that you have so many measurable pieces from clicks to conversion links to views that I assume and we will see that that technology will continue to advance and the access to data will need to advance so that you can really understand the impact that you're driving for people who are financially investing in content and creators. Okay, so I'm sitting at home and I got a regular old television plugged into the wall and somehow you're able to figure out that I am sitting at home watching Young Sheldon. I don't know why that's the show that popped into my head. I've never actually seen Young Sheldon. But anyway, I'm watching Young Sheldon and in Young Sheldon, there is a product placement. Hopefully it's not any sort of alcohol product because he's Young Sheldon. How do you know if I am influenced by the non-alcoholic product that is being promoted in Young Sheldon? How can you tell if I then got on my phone and decided to buy something? So that will be, it's typically zip code level data where we're understanding the audience within that area and where they're going to purchase from a pixel perspective. It's understanding where you're at from an IP address and to the pixel, to the website that you're being trafficked to. So the technology is evolving and this is just like the first stage of where we are with the 605 data, but it has been pretty exciting to see what the output has been. On average, we're seeing anywhere from a 10 to 25% lift in purchase of that exposed audience versus an unexposed audience. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you, and those are the numbers that I'm looking for, 10 to 25% lift, right? If I'm going to do a product placement, I can expect one more customer out of every 10 I had, maybe even two and a half customers extra. How do you think this benchmarks against some of the other marketing channels that are out there? And are there benefits beyond just direct response? So we actually did a similar study of 30-second spots compared to product placements and 30-second spots combined with product placements. Not necessarily in the same series, but if you're just running a 30-second spot or you're running 30-second spots and you're also doing product placement. And what our research found, and no surprise here, that a 30-second spot will perform better for you, but not substantially as a standalone. But when the two are combined, they actually perform substantially better than both as individual contributors to a marketing strategy. So as you think about product placement and what your output is and why to invest in this, think about all of the elements that are driving that affinity and that brand purchase and how you could differentiate yourself in the marketplace. I think the challenge with 30 second spots is that you're telling the message, which is great, but it's also you have now a third party voice that's saying or using your product that's giving you that third party validation to this scenario. And I think the other piece of this is we've actually been able to secure the right data sets to be embedded in CPG brands media mix modeling. And this is where we can really see from a brand. So we worked with General Mills on this 
General Mills took our data, the spend that they put against product placement and the data we secured that was embedded into their media mix modeling and compared it with their TV spot and their digital advertising. And we performed at the same level. We, product placement, I just consider myself a product placement person, but product placement performed as well as those other two mediums when they looked at what their spend was and what the actual case sales was on the back end of that as they were looking at the data sets that were driven from those three mediums. So you are seeing that happen. So product placement, it's an effective channel and sort of on par with just being a television advertiser. 10 to 20% lift is a big range. Talk to me about some of the factors that go into making your product placement a successful one that actually drive that incrementality. Is it right character? Is it how they hold the label? What actually makes the product placement successful? The less forced, the better. So from an authenticity perspective, what we see is that the more authentic the integration is, the product placement is, the more that you naturally understand that that character would be using that product. Actually, it's driving a better ROI for brands, especially for consumers that are looking at characters. And when you're looking at specific targets from a demographic perspective, aligning with those characters, you're actually seeing a higher return in a targeted demo perspective when that character embodies the target demo that they're going after. So I would say authenticity, character alignment, and then context. Contextually, how do you want your brand to be used? How should it be used? So that really makes sense to the storyline and to the viewer who's watching that happen. I think that there's two ways to take this. One is an example of the Mustang, right? Gone in 60 seconds. Obviously, they need some cars, some fast cars. Mustang, hey, that's a fast car. Natural product placement. Then there's the opposite way. I think of this as the Wayne's World example. Do you remember Wayne's World where I think it was Reebok? Reebok, Pizza Hut, Pepsi. They were basically saying like, hey, look at this product placement and making it as a joke and sort of being upfront, but building it into the script. It's a comedy in an authentic way. It seems like authenticity in the match and obviously not just forcing it is obviously a critical component. Are there ways that you can measure the success of a product placement, not necessarily just the media buying, but the actual delivery of the message within the creative? So this is actually something that we're working on modeling out right now. We have a brand who significantly spends in Daypart. They're a, a face cream, like skin product for women. So Daypart is a great avenue to target and talk to women. And so we're understanding sales from those integrations. And now we're modeling out what are the key attributes of a good sales day based on that segment versus maybe a lower performing one. What are the attributes that are contributing to those integration successes or lack thereof? and building out that model. So this is, again, part of the futurescape of the future of product placement and technology-driven product placements is to really understand those elements of impact. A lot of the times for product placements that are in scripted series, there's not heavy-handed messaging. So it's just making sure from what we look at is time on screen, actual visibility of that product, how visible it was, and those being key performance indicators for an integration. 
There's a lot of different variables that go into getting your product placement right. It's not just when you're promoting your product, who's promoting your product, how it's being visualized. Is it reaching the right audience? And it's changing and it's evolving. And that's something we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Aaron Schmidt, the Chief of Product Placement at Ben Labs. Join us again tomorrow when Aaron and I wrap up our conversation talking about the future of product placement. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Erin, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit her company's website, which is benlabs.com, B-E-N-L-A-B-S.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.